Hi, I'm George Boldarki, host of WFUV's Cityscape. Cityscape won't be heard this week, so we can bring you a special presentation as part of WFUV's Strike Accord campaign. Each quarter, WFUV works to raise awareness of a particular issue through our Strike Accord campaign. Our past campaigns have focused on everything from autism acceptance to kids in foster care to reducing waste in the city. We're very pleased to be teaming up with BronxNet Television for our latest campaign focused on healthy aging. Retired conductor David Dworkin is nearing 85 years old, but he's as active as ever in doing his part to help other older adults remain active as well. Dworkin is the founder of an exercise program called Conductor Size. It's an aerobic workout, symphonic experience, and music history lesson all rolled into one. I recently caught up with Dworkin at a senior living facility in Manhattan, Atria, on West 86th Street, to talk with him about his program. David Dworkin, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. My pleasure, my pleasure. Can I call you Maestro? Oh, they do. (laughs) Maestro, you know, makes me feel good. That's very nice. So how did you become a maestro in the first place? Well, I I was a clarinet major at Juilliard, graduated as a clarinet major. I I then took courses at Columbia to go further in music and music education. And there I took conducting courses, and the bug bit me. And I just loved the idea of embracing more than a line in music. And so here you now have the whole canvas in front of you. And it really was just that. And I started a small orchestra in Tenafly, New Jersey, a community orchestra that the the Tenafly supported. And we played some really nice music. And it went on from there. I was fortunate to be uh, the conductor at the Manhattan School of Music Preparatory Division for about a dozen years. And those kids were just... Student orchestras are are very special. I also, for 15 years, was at the University of Vermont. They had a music summer session for school, high school students. And it, it went from the late 60s almost into the 80s. And the talent that went through that, that uh, program was just amazing. And, we, and when I think about the works we played, and they were fearless, you know, students were fearless. And, and of course, they get bored very quickly. So if you play the Beethoven second, uh, you know, one year, oh, we, and the three years later, you're going to play it. Oh, we already played that, you know. So, but, but their enthusiasm and the, the way they absorbed everything was just an experience, you know. So what exactly is a conductor doing up there before an orchestra? You know, conducting is a communicative art. Uh, It's like a teacher in a way. Yes, you have to have the skills. And that's why you go to Juilliard. I tell everybody, you know, the stories I tell at these presentations I didn't learn in Juilliard. Juilliard teaches you the tools. They teach you how to. And then you you stick to and you work hard and you practice six hours a day, whether it's conducting or violin or piano or whatever, and you get the tools. So now you have the tools, hopefully, the mechanical skills. And and my teacher always stressed sound. Daniel Bernard was a wonderful teacher and a gorgeous sound. And that, that 
to me is it. So uh, you learn that. And, and it's the same in conducting. You learn, you, you learn score reading, you learn to listen, and you learn the patterns, you know. Uh, but, and I've, unfortunately, have never studied with Bernstein, but I've seen plenty of the footage. And there's so much heart in it, you know, there's so many little subtleties. Um, and I, I believe that is the essence of, uh, you, you better be a pretty good psychiatrist too. Uh, Why because is you're that? Dealing, well, you're dealing with multiple personalities. Not at the Met, because the Met you have various conductors coming in all the time, in and out, in and out. Uh, but you still have to know how to work with. Uh, recently I was at, at the Met at a, at a performance. And I have one or two colleagues left there, and Jim Agnabaney is a beautiful person in the bass clarinetist, and I believe he's retiring after this season. I believe. I don't want to put on record. But marvelous. And I asked him, and it was, you know, it was Dudamel was conducting, and I, and I think he's terrific. And I said, is he the real thing? And he said, he's the real thing. And not only that, I just passed him in the hall. He's a great guy. And in the old days, you, you couldn't uh, you couldn't go to Toscanini and say, hi, Arturo, or something like that. You know, it's maestro, or you keep your hands away. But they they called Jim, Jim Miller, and they called Jimmy, you know, and they called Lenny, Lenny. Uh, it was a very family kind of thing. Um, and I, I do believe that communication on the podium to... That those vibrations that go back and forth because you know that you can take any work, any work, and have five different conductors and you'll get five different performances from a Tachio to Presto, even if it says Allegro. Uh, and and it's, it's, it's that passion. I mean, Bernstein had a passion. Dudamel has a passion. I mean, his, his technique is, is wonderful. But it, there's that energy there that you have to feel. And if you get up there, somebody who's limp or whatever, it's going to be the same kind of thing. And I have stories about that, but I don't... I, I, I would tell you that many years ago, I, I was a what was called a steady substitute for 40 years. So I've done all kinds of... from the pit to on stage to off stage, in costume and out of costume, you know. Uh, and I was playing... Oh, what was I playing? Il Trovatore and Zubin Mehta. And it was the first time I had done it. You know, and it was so exciting, you know? And then sizing, and just sitting there, so second clarinet, with these wonderful musicians around me, and Mehta, and he couldn't make the next performance. And they sent someone else in, I don't know who it was. Whoever it was lacked for me, mm -hmm. lacked that spark, same music, same cast, same, but it just fell short of, of whatever. Still great, but fell short. And I think that that's the difference between conductors. I mean, there are some that are just so amazing. Uh, the memory thing is amazing too to me, that they can do that. I've got works memorized. and. But not the whole repertoire. It seems that a Dudamel can memorize anything. Just about Bloom, uh, he had, he had the opera, uh, 
just about memorized. I was watching his mouth <laughs> going. I was that close. It's just a wonderful experience. But getting back to the original, uh, in conducting, you really can dig into the music. And you can hear old, older performance if you want to go that route and just see. But, but studying the score and, and seeing the subtleties of, the, of, of a Mozart do that. As I said, that oboe and violin line just makes me crazy. It's just so beautiful the way he combines those two instruments. And to recognize that and then to balance it out. Because, and of course we're living in another world today too, correct, of, mm -hmm. of recording. Sure. So they got their little mm -hmm. boxes that can do everything and if you know some of the old recordings of Toscanini, you can hear him singing actually. Now they wouldn't allow that today, but, but it's his passion. So it was wonderful hearing him sing even if it was out of tune. It doesn't matter, That's, you can feel that passion. So I'm very blessed in, in being able to do both. Uh, but I'm, I'm continually amazed at the students working with with uh, professional orchestras. Another another thing. I'm me. I'm my personality. I can't change that really. Sometimes I should, you know, get a little bit more, whatever. But I, I'm able to get the seams. I'm able to get the music, which is the most important out of the, out of the orchestra. Conducting and, is enormously. Physical. Absolutely. You are moving and moving. I, I, obviously, I exaggerate in the program. And don't forget, I'm closing in on 85, which means that for this audience, there are people younger than me and there are people older than me. In the conductor size audience. In the conductor size audience. Now, now the, the audience I address most of the time, although I've done, I've done preschool kids, I love working with kids, and I've done, I've worked with Alzheimer uh, and, and uh, Parkinson's disease. I mean, music is so important in what, what they are doing with these diseases and having success uh, with these diseases. Um, oh, gee, almost, almost every level of health and age. But basically I, I go to the senior route, I go to CCRCs, Continuing Care Residential Communities, and it's just a joy uh, to meet these people that are my age, a little older, a little younger, and of course now I'm of the age that when I walk in, are you in your lesson in here? <laughs> Come on up and see my CDs. Uh, you know, so, but I can relate. And I can relate to their pain, and I can relate to the darkness, and I can relate also to the smiles that you see with these people. I tell you, I don't know whether you noticed the one young lady that was right on the edge of me, on my right. I know, right, well, right before that, right before the program started, she was with her attendant. <laughs> She's giving her attendant. I hate you. Get out of here. I hate you. I said, oh boy, am I going to have a a rough time because this gal is mean. You know, she was a pussycat. She just uh, enjoyed 99% uh, of that. Music and music, that impact. Music has such an impact on everyone. People come in, they say, what is this thing? You know, I, I don't know what I want. They'll sit there a minute and before you know they're doing this and before you know they're doing this. And then to know that it's based on research that 
people have done exhaustive studies on working with the elderly or anyone else to get circulation going to all parts. I've done diabetic conferences because you need you should need to get to the extremities, correct? Well, so what are still, yeah? What are the specific health impacts? Of well, doing well basic. Exercise? Okay, the, the, there are the I see and that I know about are the circulation part. So, Maestro, walk us through conductor size. It seems like you start off with a warm up and then you get us really moving. Exactly. Uh, an introduction, usually an introduction because they don't know what conductor size is about. I try to tell them a little, I joke around with them, engage with them, try to tell them that it's an alternative exercise program. Try not to discourage any exercise other than this, but at the same time, if you don't like going in that gym, here's something you can do. And yes, then we get into the warm-up, and I have a few warm-ups. Just the idea that they can move and start to listen and there's always that bit of philosophy of the sun and, and getting it in. And I know it sounds flowery and all that, but again, if you say it enough, they, they grab into the idea. Then I go into teaching the first two four, and, and that's fun, and the baton, which is just a tool. It's not necessary, but they do love to hold something in their hand. Uh, we go through that, and I usually go into some kind of march, right in the beginning, and I, I do use music that is uplifting for most of it, but I do also like, in, in between, to do a Mozart middle movement or a Bizet middle, or some other middle movement on Beethoven 7 uh, middle movement, uh, something slow, and I do, a, a, I have to tell you, I do a wonderful thing with Mozart with his first symphony. They're starting to play those first symphonies now when he was 16, I think, but or was he eight? Maybe he was eight or nine. He was eight or nine, but it was his 16th work. It was his first symphony, but his 16th work at eight or nine. And I play the movements, and it's Mozart. And that's his very first works, uh, you know. And then I'll go to the last, uh, the Lacrimosa of the, of the Requiem, which are his last. And they, they just love the idea of, of hearing that, and I build on that. And I try to relate what I did, what I was going to do, but ran out of time. We did the Capriccio Espanol, but I wanted to start with a, a work uh, from a Zarzuela, La Gloria de Luis Alonso uh, by Jimenez. And he was born in Spain, you know, Seville, Madrid. Spain. And then I'd go to Tchaikovsky, who was never in Spain, but he did Swan Lake, and then you get the Spanish dance, but still the castanets. And then you go to Korsakov, Rimsky-Korsakov, who did see Spain in all its glory, and hear the sounds. Tchaikovsky never heard the sounds, but he heard them up in his head. He knew what they would be. And I like that kind of, of thing. You know? so, so it's historical. It's, it's again, listening to sounds and understanding that you don't have to just listen to a melody. And I go through, and sometimes I'll end on a, a quiet note, but most times I want to end on an uplifting note. I want them to walk out of there saying, smiling, saying, wow, I feel good. Because they don't always feel good uh, at the end of the day or middle of the day. And this is a tough time because it's nap time. <laughs> you know. So sometimes it's hard to get them moving in the middle of the day. Morning is good. 
And basically that's the program, and I'll change it with various kinds of music, various kinds of thoughts. Holiday times, you try and go with the holidays or whatever. I have to say, it is so much fun to watch you do your conductor size. I mean, you are so energetic, and here you are, nearly 85 years old, yeah. and you are jumping up and down, and you are moving like a 25-year-old. Well, I'm trying. I, I mean, I do that because I do that. I, I love doing it. It's good for me. Uh, but I also want to try and be a role model. Not that I expect them to do it. But yeah, you can move a little. And, and you know, for those of you that have the ability, well, then try pushing yourself just a little. And it gives me a big kick. And as long as I can do it, I can do it. When I go, I hope I'm halfway in the middle of a jump. <laughs> you know, but, but I'm going to continue doing it. Uh, I, I, love to, I love to bike. My son-in-law is an avid biker. Avid. Thousand miles. I try to go out as many days. Even in this weather, I went out the other day when the wind was crazy. And yesterday in the morning, it was in the 20s or teens. You layer up and you're fine. Get my 8 to 10, 12 miles in. It's, it's better than a psychologist. <laughs> Not all any four-year-olds can say they do that. No, no. But maybe they can think about it. Also, I've come across many um, seniors that have played instruments. They oh, I used to play the piano. And I'd say, what do you mean you used to? You, your brain has is, is got more than you think you know. Why don't you go to the piano and just fool around with it a little bit? And it's worked in some cases and not worked in other cases, like everything else in this world. Uh, but it's amazing how people should go back to things. And I, I believe that people have more in them, the potential is there, than, than they think. Uh, I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor, I'm a plumber, I'm a whatever, but there are other things downstairs that they have thought about. Oh boy, would I like to go rock climbing, or would I like to dig in the desert, or whatever, you know. Explore it, you have nothing to lose. And I try to give these messages out. The International Council on Active Aging is a wonderful organization. I've been associated with it for a dozen years. And we did receive an Innovators Award back in 2008. And it, it's helpful because staff members from different places come and, and view the program and say this is something we want, you know, here. And I do have a certification program because I am one person. I'm sort of spell my own fate because I am me and I do the program and they want it on a regular basis. I travel the country. I've been to East, West, North, South. And so I developed a certification program where I'll go out and train staff to do the program, give them the materials, give them a head start anyhow. Videos, CDs, passion, you know, and it doesn't work all the time, obviously. I mean, if I have 50, 60% of it works, I'm very happy. There are some fantastic people out there doing pro who who tell me uh, gee I did this uh, and, it, and it really worked and a lot of them goes by the board but it's an attempt to keep it going you know? so I'm very happy with that when you were conducting professionally 
Did you realize that you were getting this workout while you were at work? No. Uh, that, that's the interesting part. Um, two things. One relating to that is that, no, when a conductor finishes his pro, when I finished, you know, I was sweating because obviously I'm a physical conductor as well. And, uh, and I would be high as a kite. I mean, I would not be tired. We'd go out and eat something and be very thirsty and drink some beers uh, because I spend a lot of energy and, and water flowing. You could lose weight. They used to say Bernstein would lose five to ten pounds in, in a rehearsal and, and a concert. Uh, and I did move. And so, but I wasn't aware. What did I know from endorphins and dopamine and insulin growth factor one? You know, we don't think of that. Our language is music. And we would be high because of those endorphins, uh, because music stimulates. You couldn't go to sleep. You'd be start. You'd you'd beat yourself up a little bit, maybe, or you'd think about what I could have done a little differently, or uh, did I hold that for model long enough, or uh, what? Or was that? Uh, so it's a, it's a continuous learning process. That's all I can say. A continuous learning process. And uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. The other thing is that orchestras today, you, you know, I've played in a lot of orchestras, conducted orchestras, tough works. You hear the orchestras today, I say to kids, that those that are in the orchestra, their skills are at a level that I think has never been higher. They, they're so good. They, they, you know, there was a time even Stravinsky would write some parts, or uh, it's the old story about Schoenberg and the, and the violin, you know, oh, you, no one will ever be able, well, wait, they'll be able to play it. I, I don't think some of the things in Firebird or, or La Sacre, uh, Stravinsky said, you've got to play every single note. Well, they play every single note. They play every single note, you know. Everything, that's the glory. And I'm listening to this, how did I play that, you know? Uh, but I played it, they played it, but, but as I said, the level today is, is just amazing. The, the conductor has, has this working tool in front of him that he can ask anything from them, and he gets it because they're that talented. It's, it's a beautiful thing. When did you decide to put down your baton and retire? Um, I think in the 90s, after 55 years or so of that, and, and I'll, I'm going to be very honest with you on this, I had an overnight incident where I lost hearing in this ear. I went swimming, and the uh, next day I, couldn't, I thought I had water in my ear, and I let it go a few days, went to a general doctor, he gave me some of the antibiotics. It was too late, and I went to Columbia Presbyterian and did a number of things, uh, and they said I was attacked virally, and your nerve endings are gone, and you lost 60% of your hearing. And they said a hearing aid wouldn't, wouldn't do any good. So for two years, I was still playing, but it was, it was awkward. You know, clarinet, bassoon, right? First clarinet, bassoon sit together, and I have to... <laughs> have to go like this in order to hear, and I was uncomfortable. It was making me feel uncomfortable. I went through that process. After two years, I said, somebody said to me, why don't you try a hearing aid? It can't, can't hurt any. 
and I did, and it's not perfect, but it's so much better. That doesn't mean, but by that time, I was ready not to go with the competition that was around. I, I did my thing. I played with some really unbelievable conductors at the Met. You know, you got everyone, so I played from everyone from Levine to Vankarian to Berm, you name it. And uh, I, I was very happy with that. And when I stopped, I didn't want to stop. You know, I really didn't want to stop. I had the energy. And the fact was I knew that music, classical music, in a sense, uh, was diminishing in this country on the school level. I mean, you go cross-country, there are many, many school systems that have done away with music and art. That's the first thing if there's a budgetary problem. And of course, what, John, what drives John Rady crazy is that they are now doing away with phys ed. And that, <laughs> you need movement to stimulate the brain, da. You know, it's not an Einstein kind of uh, thought, theory. It's, it's fact, and he's got it all backed up in that, that book. So I thought if I, if I could have a program, and I knew that the senior population, you know, this age, these generations, are living longer, that's fact. In fact, I think there are more people over 60 or 65 than there are under right now. And there are many people living to 100 more. I've met a woman that was 110. Doing conductor size? Doing conductor size. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's whatever she could do. It doesn't matter. But she had all her faculties. They would take her shopping. She walked with a walker. They would take her shopping, but she would shop herself. Um, it's unusual, but there are there are a number of people. Somebody wrote a, a book with with research saying that by 2050 there'll be a million people uh, that have all their cognitive uh, and and physical uh, being at a hundred and hundred. So it's different, you know. Uh, and I said, hey, here's a here's a market, I, and. At the same time, I could try working with school children and children as well. To give them, because it's, it is a fun way to introduce kids to music. Because you don't have to pound them over the head with, you know, this, this, this. You play the music, you get them to move. I, I get them to move, move, move. And then they said, oh, you know, that was Beethoven. And it's not a dog. Uh, and and they, it's a kid, and they love it. They love it. Preschoolers. And, and music is so powerful that I've worked with people that can't get out of their chair, that can't talk. They can only a little bit with the joystick and one-on-one. -on -one. And music, music, they're able to smile a little. They're able to move a little in the chair. Uh, so it, it has such impact. And I, I think a lot of the professional musicians Although they do a fantastic job, I mean, what would there be without music? So we're just about out of time. Oh. So leave us with one more piece of advice on how to age gracefully. Well, engage. Engage life, be it music or anything else, and people. Uh, I do believe, you know, it's hard to preach. I, I think you do need people. 
uh, I think these kinds of institutions are very good, we should call it institution venues, are, are very good for certain kinds of people because they meet people of their own and they won't meet everybody, but they'll develop friendships that are meaningful and activity. You need activity. You, you need to take a walk and a walk, not a walk two blocks that takes five hours. Uh, you need to push yourself just a little bit. A little engagement. Children, grandchildren, you know, to, to try to understand them or try to listen to them and engage with them. And keep up as much as you can with, with the world. Even though I like to live in the 50s. <laughs> and I, my wife and I talk about the 40s, 50s, you know, all these times that are gone. But I think it's important for your grandchildren and any children to know about those times, the humor and, and everything else, the music. But if I had to leave any, any words of advice, for me it, it, it's activity, uh, both physical and mental, to whatever amount you can do in a day will make you smile. And smile is important. Laugh it up. Laugh it up if you can. That's my words of wisdom. <laughs> Maestro, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Great. It's wonderful being here. That's all the time we have for this special collaboration between public radio station WFUV and BronxNet Television. If you'd like more information about Maestro David Dworkin and his program Conductor Size, visit his website, ConductorSize.com. For more information about our Strike Accord campaign on healthy aging, visit WFUV.org slash Strike Accord. I'm George Boldarki. Thank you so much for listening.